This is an ABC podcast. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature. For information on your individual circumstance, please seek legal advice. There needs to be a little bit of give and take between neighbours. There are some trees that are actually nicknamed neighbour haters. In any type of neighbourhood dispute, speak to your neighbours as early as possible and as often as possible. You're not entitled to allow your animal to disturb neighbours. Once you've started that legal process, it can get very uncomfortable with the neighbours. Pets. Lots of people adore them. And most are treated like members of the family. But some people don't like animals and they don't want to be around them. That's fine. To each their own. What we do in our own home should be nobody else's business. Or is it? I'm Damien Carrick and in this episode of Know Your Rights, we're digging into whose side is the law on when it comes to pets and apartments. Well, it's a very high percentage of people who own pets. I think that last time I checked, it was something like over 80% of people at some point in their lives had owned a pet. When it comes to apartments, it's still a minority of Australians who live in apartments, but obviously that's been rapidly growing, particularly in inner city areas and in big cities like Melbourne and Sydney. Macquarie University Professor Cathy Sherry is an expert in strata title law. She says if you buy an apartment... You don't have an automatic right to have a pet in your apartment. Traditionally, it has been possible for owners' corporations or body corporates to ban residents from having any kind of pet in an apartment. But in New South Wales, a five-year legal battle and one little dog changed all that. There was a relatively recent Court of Appeal decision called the Cooper decision about a little schnauzer called Angus who lived in a uh, high-rise building in the centre of um, Sydney and Angus's parents won a court case where the New South Wales Court of Appeal said that it was not acceptable for an owners' corporation to write a bylaw that regulated what people did inside their own home if it didn't really have an effect on anyone else. What that meant was that an owners' corporation can't just create a blanket bylaw banning people keeping pets, because that pet might not have any meaningful effect on anyone else. Um, Cooper, the decision in Cooper was really strengthened, however, by a change in the legislation in New South Wales, so that the the, uh, Strata Schemes Management Act was changed to say that owners' corporations uh, cannot unreasonably ban people um, keeping pets, and the regulations now define what is unreasonable, and the bar is very high indeed. So owners' corporations can only ban an animal if a particular animal in a particular scheme is a habitual problem. So barks repeatedly or repeatedly damages common property or repeatedly runs at people or threatens or menaces them or is uh, some kind of health hazard because of uh, some kind of communicable disease that the animal may have or that they have some kind of parasite infestation. But it's a very high bar indeed. So in New South Wales, as an apartment owner, your um, scheme can't ban you having a pet. Can body corporates or strata title corporations still make rules that put restrictions on pets, like requiring them to be on leashes or not allowing them in a certain lift or or that kind of thing? Yes, they can certainly still regulate them. So, for example, requiring an animal to be on a leash is a perfectly acceptable regulation. However, there's a lot of bylaws that, I mean, to be honest, just say outright silly things. So requiring people to carry their dog across common property at all times, or if their dog is too big because it's a 50 kilo Labrador, uh, you have to put it on a trolley and wheel it across common property. Regulation like that is just silly and hopefully we'll see those kind of bylaws disappear now that owners' corporations are discovering they don't have quite such blanket powers to regulate whether people have pets or how they keep them. 
And if these body corporate bylaws aren't well thought out, they can actually backfire. It's really standard for apartment buildings to ban all dogs over 10 kilos. Now, I don't think you probably have to know very much about dogs to know that it's often small dogs, for example, fox terriers, that are much more likely to bark than a large Labrador or a, you know, a large greyhound that will snooze on the sofa all day. So what you end up is with really irrational regulation so that you're actually prohibiting the dogs who are least likely to do the thing that's going to be a problem in an apartment building, and that is barking. And so, for example, the New South Wales law, the really good thing about the change in the New South Wales law is now it prevents buildings prospectively banning pets or animals that they know nothing about, just deciding, oh, those kind of dogs are a problem. We don't want those kind of dogs. Some dogs are a problem. And if they're a problem, they most certainly should be regulated. I'm not suggesting for one second that anyone should have to put up with barking dogs. But it doesn't make any sense to try and guess what a particular kind of animal will be, will be like based on its weight. Oh, it's 15 kilos. It's going to make more noise than a nine kilo dog. That's irrational. And we've got lots of really poor pet bylaws as a result of that. Same with the number of animals. It may be that someone can have three dogs or four dogs in an apartment. It doesn't actually have any effect on anyone else because those animals are very well managed. The question is, is the animal or are the animals actually causing disturbance to other people. So around the country, we have different laws when it comes to pets in apartments. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So in New South Wales and Victoria, you can't ban pets outright. In Queensland, you also can't ban pets outright. It used to be very common, but you can't have unreasonable regulation and courts up there have decided that blanket bans are not a form of regulation. You can regulate animals, but you can't have a blanket ban. And in other states, owners corporations do have a say and some schemes probably are banning pets outright. But I think that we're seeing a change all across Australia and we'll get to the point where we'll realise that if your neighbour has a pet, that's none of your business until that pet disturbs you. If the pet doesn't disturb you, then it's no more your business than a pet in the neighbouring freestanding house in a non-strata housing development. So if you own an apartment in most parts of Australia, you now have a clear right to keep an animal. But what about if you rent an apartment or a house? Can the owner of the property make it a condition of the lease that you cannot have a pet? Renting is definitely in a very intense state of flux around Australia in relation to pets, but it is important to keep the two areas of law separate. So they're not the same thing. So just because your owner's corporation doesn't ban pets doesn't mean that that determines the terms of your lease. But in relation to renting, we're in a real state of change in Australia. So again, Victoria's really leading the charge. Victoria's got what I think is really good legislation. So recently, Victoria changed its legislation to say that if tenants want to keep a pet, they have to ask their landlord's permission. They have to fill in a pet application form. But if the landlord wants to refuse permission, the landlord has to go to VCAT and get VCAT to approve it, which I think is a really interesting change in the law. It puts the onus on the landlord to have to prove why they shouldn't allow a pet and thus far, VCAT has approved most pet ownership applications by tenants. So I think that's a really interesting change in the law. Queensland's about to change its law. There's discussion of it in WA and there's discussion of it right now in New South Wales. And the push does seem to be that we should be relaxing the rules for tenants. So it's not just simply a question that landlords can say no outright, which has always been the law and remains the law in many states. And what have been some of the decisions under the, the new Victorian laws? 
I looked at one this morning which was quite interesting about some people who wanted to keep, I think it was a German pointer. They had a rooftop terrace. The landlord was concerned about the fact that the dog might jump off the rooftop terrace and harm the dog, obviously, and harm people below. The idea of animals falling off balconies is not entirely fanciful. It sometimes does happen with cats and ideally if people let their cats out on their balconies, they should really have nets. But VCAT decided that, you know, on balance that really isn't a risk. I think that was a case of the little uh, German short-haired pointer puppy called Reggie. I think that was his name. Yes, I think that was it. So it's an interesting case. VCAT certainly, I think, is very sensibly leaning in favour of saying we shouldn't be unreasonably banning pets because there's always recourse for landlords. It's not to say that landlords have to put up with damage. If pets damage property, landlords can take it out of the bond. WA is the only state that allows landlords to take a pet bond. In all other states, it's illegal. But obviously, landlords do have bonds that cover any damage to property. So if a pet does damage to property, property in the same way as if adults or children do damage to property, landlords do have a bond that they can have recourse to. And it's a much more sensible way for the law to operate. So not through imagination or conjecture or we think this animal's going to be a problem. If it is a problem, it is regulated. Animals are not entitled, you know, you're not entitled to allow your animal to disturb neighbours, whether you're in a freestanding house or an apartment or a rental property, doesn't matter what. There's legislation that regulates everybody's animals. You're not entitled to allow your dog to disturb disturb your neighbours and you'll get a visit from the council dog whisperer uh, to talk to you about it and ultimately fines can be imposed under legislation. There really isn't any reason for people living in apartments or people who are renting to be regulated in any other way. Regulation should kick in when an animal causes a problem. But what happens if you have a dispute with a neighbour and you live in an apartment complex? I mean, do you go to the council first? What's your first port of call? So you can simply ring the council. I have heard tell that some councils will say if you live in an apartment building, you need to speak to your owner's corporation, which I think is a bit unfortunate because the council's a kind of nice informal and kind of impersonal way of dealing with these problems. But the owner's corporation certainly does have the power to deal with it. So even aside from bylaws, all strata legislation has provisions in it that say you may not use your lot or common property in any way that causes a nuisance or a disturbance to other people. And that covers everything, not just, you know, animals, it covers smoking, it covers noise, all sorts of things. So it's an inherent part of strata legislation that you can't disturb other people. So in relation to owners' corporations who are really concerned about pets, the fact is they're covered anyway. You can't ever use your apartment in a way that disturbs other people. The legislation already prohibits that. Macquarie University Law Professor Cathy Sherry there, an expert in strata title law. Next time on The Law Report's Know Your Rights, what about the right to light? While at the moment it seems like it's definitely um, skewed in favour of uh, the neighbouring developer and against the, um, the overshadowed solar panel owner, um, there are some indications that it may be starting to go the other way, but it's a fine balance, fine balance to tread between the reasonable redevelopment of one property and the protection of the right to the protection of solar access to the adjoining property. And to hear more about your legal rights when it comes to noisy neighbours or bothersome branches, search Know Your Rights on the ABC Listen app. Catch you then.